None of us are strong in every area. Some of us are good at building relationships, but we're not strong at organization. Some of us are strong leaders, but we're not so good with the details. Some of us are gifted as as speakers, as teachers, as preachers, but not gifted as counselors. Some of us are great at serving, but not at hospitality. For the sake of this message, I asked several men to answer this question. I sent them a text and said, Mark, meaning me, is strong at blank, but not so strong at blank. Uh, and it was quite funny because I think I made some people nervous. Like, is this a test? Is this a test? And, uh, and it wasn't a test. I truly am using it in the sermon. Um, and so these are the answers, some of the answers that I got back. Brad said, uh, Mark is strong at vision, but not so strong at strategy. And that's exactly true. We took a test recently as, as elders and said, you know, with, with the three uh, pillars of vision and relationship and strategy, um, by far, strategy was my weakest. Uh, Andy came back with, um, Mark is strong with encouraging and not so strong with communicating. And that's true. There's times that, that my communication um, is better than others, and there's times it stinks. Um, Hawk said, uh, Mark is strong uh, at relationship and making people feel important and not so strong at golf. <laughs> and that's, that's absolutely true. And then just to, just to you know, not be you know, a brown noser, you know, he came back and said, time management. I know that's something that you've shared, you've struggled with. And so maybe you're not so strong with time management. So I appreciate, um, I appreciate those answers. Uh, if I were to ask Brandon, who I've been working out with, um, that exact same question. Brandon might say, Mark is strong at shoulders, but not so strong at legs. Uh, and that would be true. And then Brandon would send me a meme. Um, because Brandon loves memes. I've never met someone who loves memes. And he would send me this meme right here. And he actually sent me this meme uh, the day before yesterday when we were working out biceps and triceps. He sent me this meme. And, and so... Um, I don't know if that means I have bird legs or... Because I don't think the arm part is like indicative of where I'm at. Um, but, yeah. I'm strong at this. I'm weak at that. He's strong at this. He's weak at that. She's strong at this. She's weak at that. We're strong at this. We're weak at that. It's true about every single one of us. It's true about every one of us. We have strengths and we have weaknesses. But when it comes to doing the work of ministry in the church, that's actually a good thing. It's actually a good thing. Because if we were good at everything, we would not need the body of Christ in its entirety. If I was good at everything then I would not need you. And if you were good at everything, then you wouldn't need me and we wouldn't need each other. But friends, we're not good at everything and we absolutely, positively need one another. The area we struggle is in the the acknowledgement of weakness and not letting it be connected with shame. Why is it so hard to go, ah, sometimes I suck at communication. 
you know, why is that so hard? And it's true. You know, so why is it so hard to go, I have weaknesses, I am not perfect, I am flawed, and I need you because you make me stronger. Because you have really cool giftings that I don't have. And God put us together and He calls us the body. And He says we need each other. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says this. Two are better off than one. Because together, they can work more effectively. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, it's just too bad. Because there is no one to help him. If it is cold, two can sleep together and stay warm. But how can you keep warm by yourself? Two people can resist an attack that would defeat one person alone. A rope made of three cords is hard to break. We might be familiar with a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. This is beautiful, guys. That three-stranded cord, it's me, it's you, it's God. It's you, it's you, it's God. It's, it's us together with Jesus Christ at the center of our lives, bound by Him and stronger. You guys, I love this. How can you keep warm by yourself? If you fall down, it's a shame. If you do it alone and no one's there to help you up. Friends, we're called to do life together and we're called to be a team and to be successful in this calling. We need teamwork. We need teamwork. We're better together than we are on our own. You're better together. I'm better together. We're better together than we are on our own. Not one of us in this church, not one of us in the body of Christ is called to be a Lone Ranger or Cain from Kung Fu, wandering the desert in search of truth and a good fight. We're better when we're taking on that enemy. We're better in that good fight together. We're better together. And we're not called to do it alone. We're a team. And to be victorious, we must work as one. This church needs every single member involved in ministry. And not just me. Not just Kara. Not just our deacons, not just elders, not just those who are such good orators, not those who are extroverts, not th- not those who blank. Every woman, every single one of us needs to be involved in ministry. And when I talk about ministry, this is what I'm talking about. When I say ministry, this is ministry. Service to God and to people with love and humility on behalf of Jesus Christ and in His name. Service to God and to one another with love and humility on Jesus' behalf and in His name. That's ministry. 
That's what we're all called to. That's what we're all called to. I'm not talking to an occupation. Oh, I just about, we're all called to the occupation of the ministry. No, I'm talking about ministry as the Bible lays it out for us. Service to our King and to the people that He gave His life for. The people He's called unto Him, which is all of us. The church needs every member involved in ministry. We are needed, and it's needed that we work what? Together. Together. So what does that require? What does it require? What does working together require? Teamwork. Commitment. Patience. Grace. Understanding. All these things. Good teamwork is necessary in every area of life. Our families, our businesses, our communities. Paul reminds us in Romans 12 that that bodies don't function so well. If what? If they don't work together. If they despise each other. If they take lightly each other. If they ignore one another. If they don't work together, the body doesn't function. The same is true for churches and the same is true for this church. In order to be effective and to function well, this church needs to work together as a team. So I had two different people um, list this passage this week, and, I, and so I, I just want to include it in this preach because it fits. Um, Psalm 133. I'll say Psalm 133, 133, but it's Psalm 133. It's the whole chapter, which is comprised of three verses. And it says, Behold, how good and pleasant is it when brothers dwell in unity. How good and pleasant is it when, when brothers and sisters function and work and closely exist in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down to the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. You guys, this is such a ridiculously amazing passage of Scripture. It says, God commands a blessing upon us when we live in unity. Isn't that amazing? When, how awesome it is when we live in unity. And when you do so, oh my gosh, it's soothing. Oh my gosh, it refreshes. It brings life due to the dry places and, and, and the result is life. And then the King of Kings commands a blessing upon us. It's amazing. Friends, teamwork is the visible manifestation of this unity. Teamwork is the visible manifestation of this unity displayed in committed compassion and founded on a clear shared purpose. The theme of teamwork runs throughout the Bible. Throughout the Bible. Demonstrated by God. Demonstrated by the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teamwork. Teamwork is never soapboxed in and of itself. Teamwork always has a purpose. 
Teamwork is always connected with purpose. No purpose, no teamwork. You got purpose, you should have teamwork. Teamwork is always linked to purpose. It is absolutely vital that we have an unshakable understanding of the goal and are united with the same purpose. We need to know what the goal is and we need to be united in that purpose. Friends, when we come to Christ and we make Him Lord, not just Savior, but Lord, and we know the difference. Savior means that, that we acknowledge that we're sinners and we need a Savior. We, we need His blood to, to wash away our sin, to tear down the, the, the dividing wall between sin and shame and law, and, and to unite us with the Father. So that He's our Savior. But He must be both Lord and Savior. Lord means He gets His way in our lives. He gets to call the shots in our lives. We yield to Him. Making Him Lord means there is a surrendering. And I know this is scary. This is not going to be popular. It means there's a surrendering of our dreams and trusting them with them. Lord, I, I give you this. Lord, these are my dreams, Lord God. We give them our heart, right? We give them our heart. And what is our heart? It is precious. It's the center of who we are. It's the lifeblood. It's the thing that keeps us alive. We give Him our heart, right? Friend, we give Him our dreams. And we say, I give you these and I trust you with them. And I'm a little uncertain because I'm not sure what you're going to do with them, but I trust you with them. And I ask you, Lord, to use them however you feel because it's for your purpose. It's for your glory. I give you my will. I give you my dreams. I give you, I give you my past. But Lord, I give you my future. I give you my all. Our unity and our teamwork it's nothing without purpose, without an understanding of purpose. And that purpose is this. We have been given a great commission to go into our homes and then our front porch and our backyards and our neighbors and our neighborhood and our town and our region and our county and our state and our country and the whole world with the good news of Jesus Christ, with the good news that He loves us and he's not mad at us. It's not an angry God up there. It's a loving God. Jesus fully representing the love of the Father in, in the obedient and powerful life that he lived. And that sin is defeated and shame is defeated. And we have access to the Father at any time. And that we can come boldly because we've been made holy because of the work of Jesus Christ. It's good news, right? I mean, it's good news. we got to take that everywhere. That's our purpose, Right? But the Bible also says that we have been called, we have been created to works. Now works can be a, a, a like a curse word in certain churches. No, I, we're a grace church and that's awesome, we're a grace church. Well, we're a works church, that's awesome, we're a works church. Well, which one is it? Both. We're going to go ahead and just say both. That, that's wonderful. We're both grace and works because that's what the Word of God displays. The works is not to gain the Lord's approval. Or to earn our salvation. Works is because we've been called to it. Ephesians 2.10 says this. For we are His workmanship, created in 
Christ Jesus for good works. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. Friends, Impact Rock is in the middle of a, a building project right now. And we're, we're building a church that will be our church home. And, and there will be a point when we um, say goodbye to this place and we bless it and we just give him thanks for how faithful he's been in providing this for us. And we move into a place that is ours and we just let down the roots and, and it's ours. But that's not the most important building project we're a part of, nor is it um, something new. We, we've been a part of a building project since the day he called this church and we said yes. And that building project is the building of the kingdom of God. To seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto us. The building project that we've been a part of long before we started working at 710 Austin Avenue was building the kingdom of God, understanding that if we will build the kingdom of God, if we'll advance the kingdom of God, if we will share Jesus with people and we'll be a light and we'll be quick to respond and we'll build the kingdom, he will build this church. God made us for works. We just read it. Ephesians 2.10 He made us for works. In Matthew 5.16 it says that in the same way let your line shine before men. Let your light shine so that men might see your good works so that your Father in Heaven might be glorified. That's countercultural to, to a religious mindset. It's like, oh no, no. Everything you do should be in secret. Everything you do should be secretive. No! It says, let, let men see your good works. Let your, let your light be shined so that God can be glorified in it. It's all about the condition of the heart. It's not this pompous, arrogant, let me tell you how great I am. No, it's the condition of the heart, but it's, hey, I, I, I did this because I can't help myself because the Lord so stirred me and I think it so reflects His love. And look at the, look at the results of it. He was glorified. He was glorified. And the work that we do, every bit of the work that we do, cannot be half-hearted. It's got to be wholehearted. We know that God loves a cheerful giver, right? He loves a cheerful giver. That's not just of our money. That's of everything. That's of our time. It's of our life. It's of our skill set. It's of our resources. He loves a cheerful giver. And friends, it's got to be wholehearted. Colossians 3.23 says this, Whatever you do, work heartily. Work wholehearted as for the Lord and not for men. God is glorified in that. God is glorified in that all in, all out, surrender to Him, that reckless abandon to Him. God is glorified by an audacious lifestyle for Him. That says, I've got the audacity to believe my God for anything. I've got the audacity to walk in confidence, knowing who my Father is, what His heart is, and to walk my life in confidence, not in timidity. Because I'm doing it to bring glory to my God. In Nehemiah 4, when the Israelites were building the wall, work got tough. Building the wall in Jerusalem got difficult and eventually they got discouraged. And when we get discouraged, it's so easy to give up and that's exactly what they did. 
So Nehemiah recognized this. And by the wisdom of the Lord, he, he segmented people into teams. He reorganized the work into teams. Half would stand guard with their spears and their swords and their sticks and everything else that they had. And the other half would work. And then they'd alternate their positions. They'd switch. But he posted everyone by groups of families. He posted them together in families. Why? Because when we're posted together in families, we can encourage one another. When we're posted together in families, we can laugh and we can have we have more grace for one another, or at least we should. When we're posted together in families, we encourage each other and support each other and uplift each other, and we enjoy doing it. Church, friends, family. That sounded very much like like friends, Romans, countrymen, you know. Church, friends, family. We've been posted together as family. Okay? We've been posted together as family for the building of his wall. That's what this is. We've been posted together as family so that we can encourage one another. So, yes, we can do his work. It is his wall we're building. It is his wall we're building. But we're posted together. We're posted together. It's a little easier for me to be quick to fight if I see that a threat is coming against my family. It's a little easier for me to, to work with my family knowing that together we are building His kingdom. And that's what you and I have been called to do. Mark 6-7 shows us that when Jesus sent people out on ministry, that He sent them out in twos. He doesn't send us out alone. We're not called to do it alone. We don't do it alone. 1 Peter 4, 8-11 says this. Above all. Everyone say, above all. Keep loving one another earnestly. Since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We see this reoccurring theme. The things we do are for the glory of God. But there's a way that He's called to do it. With love with compassion, with encouragement, with life. This verse communicates the need for us as teammates to serve one another, to use our talents and our skills to fill in the gaps where there is lack for one another. Friends, a lot of, a lot of pastors won't let you close. They won't let you close because they don't want you to see the crud. Because the closer you get, the more the crud you see. And there's crud in all of us. You hang out. If a pastor will give you enough access to his life, you'll see the crud 
you'll see the frustration, you'll see the impatience, you'll see the flesh, you'll see the flesh man. But you'll also see the heart of God, you'll see the repentance, you'll see the love, you'll see the faith, you'll see the hope, you'll see the persistence, you'll see it all. But we all have gaps. And even when we stand together, there's gaps. And we just have to align ourselves where it fits, where the gaps are there. Where the, the strength is there. But we need one another. I want to read two verses back to back. I want to read Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, and then Proverbs 27. And tie them together. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habits of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. It's been said that the power of leadership is best summarized in one word. Influence. It's an interesting thought. The power of leadership wrapped up in this word, influence. And as we read these two passages, I want us to keep in mind that that's what this is speaking of. Iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. The passage we read out of Hebrews 10 talks about encouraging one another, loving one another, stirring up the good works, stirring up one another to good works. Friends, that's influence. That's influence. It's not manipulation. We're talking, it's influence. It's come with me. Um, you just you look like you, you might could use a hand today. And I'll, I'll walk it with you. Don't do it alone today. Let me walk it with you. Let's go do some good works. It's loving one another. It's sharpening one another. I thought about bringing my, my knife sharpener and my knife because there would, there would be no sparks flying. It's just a, it's just a, a simple, repetitive thing. And after a few simple things, my knife is sharp. It's not as daunting as we think. I, I like to make it manly. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another and sparks are flying and there's fire falling in the background and things are being forged. And, and, and it can be that if that's the nature of a relationship. But one man sharpens another. One man encourages another. One woman um, comforts another. And, and we encourage each other. As teammates, our attitudes and our actions tremendously impact how we influence those around us. Right? Our attitudes and our actions will, will determine the type of influence we have. You guys, we're, we're working the wall together. And he's placed us as a family. And, and, and this isn't a message on, on the value of church. We should simply know the value of church. We should know the value of being a church family and coming together and standing for one another. But this this better be a message on the reminder of purpose, on why we're doing this. The reminder of purpose. We are doing this for the Lord. If you have, if, if we have made Jesus Lord of our life, we've surrendered what to Him? What have we surrendered to Him? If we've made Jesus Lord of our life, what have we surrendered to Him? Everything. 
everything. There's times i got to repent about taking it back. Lord, I, I, I took back this offense when I gave it to you. Lord, I took back this unforgiveness when I gave it to you. Lord, I took back this hurt when I gave it to you. Lord, I took back this insecurity when I had given it to you and I give it all back to you. It's yours. Your blood paid for it. It's yours. We've got to stop taking stuff back. Because we, we need to be at full strength in serving one another. Full strength of love. Full strength of grace. Full strength of encouragement. Full strength of strength. We are all sharpened and improved by the interactions and the examples of our teammates. I love... Think about that for a second. I'm, I'm sharpened and strengthened by the example I see in your life. By the, see, I, by the way I see you walk with Jesus, I get strengthened. By the example of the way that you love, uh, that you parent. All these things, the way you do it with Christ at the center, that strengthens me. That encourages me. That, so that means just us walking together and me watching and seeing your example, I get strengthened. I can be strengthened by seeing the way you fall and the way that you're, you get up and look to Jesus and keep walking with me. You don't have to walk a perfect walk. None of us have to walk a perfect walk. But we've got to be there when one another falls. We've got to get up and set our eyes on Jesus Christ again and say, ah, let's keep coming here. Get, let me get your knees a little bit. Come on. Let's go. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. Two are better off than one. Because together they can work more effectively. If one of them falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, it's just too bad. That's a shame. Because there's no one to help him. Nobody, nobody wins a Super Bowl by themselves. Nobody climbs Mount Everest by themselves. No one does anything of life-changing significance for the kingdom of God by themselves. We do it together. You think Billy Graham did anything by himself? We do it together. We do it in team. To accomplish great things, teamwork is needed. This is part of the reason I've had people stand each week. Hey, if you've worked on the building this week, can you just wave your hand? Can you stand up if you've worked on the building? That's part of the reason I've done that. So people can look around and go, oh, awesome. You know, there's, there's, you know, this buff, strong worker guy who's there and this guy who I know is really good with his hands there. But look at that. There's kids that stood up and there's teens that stood up and there's women that stood up. Oh my gosh. Everyone's in this. I can do something. Teamwork. We're all apart. I love that Michael grabbed the mic when he wasn't on greeting tonight. He's like, you, me, I, I got this. And he just jumped in. Why? Teamwork. See, something needs to be done. He just jumped in and did it. You guys, we all need teammates to pick us up. We all need teammates to pick us up. But we're also all needed to pick someone else up when they stumble as well. Let's leave here tonight with absolute clarity of what our purpose is as a church, as a church family, as those posted at this corner of the wall together. Let's have absolute clarity that we are called to point people to an awesome God.
to take each other by the hand and to guide each other to that awesome God. To walk arm in arm with each other to that awesome God. To, to take others along the way and say, come with us to that awesome God. To remind each other of His limitless grace and to do the work that He has called us to with joy, with compassion, with passion in His name and bringing glory to Him.